Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this First day of a brand new month, last day of the working week, today being Friday, the 1st of October 2021. I cannot believe that it is October 2021 already. I, I thought the 2020 went quickly. In fact, I was just thinking the other day that I can remember exactly what I was doing at certain days in 2020, uh, and it feels like it was only yesterday, and now we're nearly at the end of another year, 2021. It's gone absolutely super, super quickly. So I trust you've had a phenomenal week and uh, looking forward to taking a well-earned rest over the weekend. Before we finish off for the week, just wanted to put a reminder out there uh, in relation to, for all of us as sales leaders in particular, uh, that your team is a mirror. Now, this is all about the the modeling of excellence. I want to talk about modeling of excellence and being really conscious of the example that we set for our team because your team, and I've always talked about this, and a lot of people look at me really strangely when I do speak about this because uh, it's actually quite true, but a lot of people have a lack of awareness around this particular topic, and that is that your team is and always will be a reflection of you. Now, the behaviors that you see play out in your team are highly likely to be the behaviors that you have yourself developed. Now, for some of you listening to this, you're sitting there thinking, yep, that's 100% because I'm seeing great behaviors play out in my team, so double thumbs up. They're doing exactly as I'm doing, so we're on the on the right page and moving in the right direction. Others might be sitting there thinking, oh, absolutely no way. My team are completely dysfunctional and it's all their fault and uh, I need to change the way they behave. Well, guess what? It's actually, <laughs> we have to change the way we behave. Now, it, you might, it, it might sound hard to believe, it might even sound harsh, but the behaviors that play out in our team more often than not, are reflective of the behaviors that we have been demonstrating, often unconsciously. Now, the example that I, that I often use is uh, just the like the kids and their parents. And if you watch the parents act, if you just followed parents around with a camera and didn't have any interaction with them, you just observed them, and then you observe the behavior of the children. And a classic example of this is in a car, watching them interact in a car, and what happens when uh, the well, the driver, whether it be the mother or the father, they get cut off in traffic, how do they respond or how do they react in that particular situation? Because the, the, <laughs> the people in the car, the little kids, they are observing absolutely everything. And what will start to happen is the behaviors of the little kids will start to be playing out based on the behaviors of the parents. And you often, there's actually been a few ads made about this as well, where you've got a parent driving a car and they've been acting in a certain way and you see in the back seat, the little kid is actually mimicking the behavior of the adult. And if that's not addressed at some stage, they're also gonna take on the same traits. And what you have is an ingrained habitual behavior that is very, very difficult to change. And so this is this is the whole point of today. We need to be as leaders be really conscious of the example that we're setting because if we don't like what we see, then as hard as this might sound, we have to have a really good hard look at ourselves and say what am I doing or not doing 
that is leading to the behaviors of my team playing out and are those behaviors leading to results that ultimately we want. So it all starts and ends with us as leaders. Now, do you like what you see? Do you like what you see right now within your team? And if you don't like the answer to that question, then hey, we've got to actually have a have a bit of a look at ourselves and do a bit of a self-assessment in terms of where are we at in terms of our own behavior so that we can change our own behavior and which will then play out in the team environment. Now, a classic example of this, I remember about three or four years ago working with a working with a leader and I was, I was, we were doing some coaching together and the very first session, he I won't give his, give his name away because he might be listening to the podcast, but he said to me, Darren, one of the things I'd like to work on uh, with you is uh, changing people's behaviors. I want to I want to change my team because my team are highly dysfunctional. And it was a really interesting question because I knew that the issue was not certainly with the the team because I wasn't working with the team. I knew that I needed to work with this particular individual. And it was interesting the perception he had was he needed to change other people's behaviors. And he literally said, I want to change my team uh, in terms of the way they behave. I said, really, really interesting, uh, Tom. I'll call him Tom. <clears throat> that's not his real name, but I'll call him Tom. I said, Tom, that's really interesting. Um, what if I suggested to you there's a different way? And he said, well, what's that? And I said, what if we work on you and changing your behavior, your perception around your behavior? What do you think, what do you think is going to happen? So I must say, at that particular point, he wasn't. Uh, he didn't really like the, uh, the way I was speaking with him in that particular case. But it, So it took a, took a couple of sessions, a couple, couple of conversations for him to actually register that the the way that he was behaving is what was actually playing out in front of his eyes through his team. And I said, Tom, this is this is the realization and this is where we're going to work towards. I said, we can't change anybody. In fact, nobody can change anybody. As much as people would like to change their spouses or they'd like to change their leader, they'd like to change their direct reports, we can't change anybody. The only person we can change is ourself. And the interesting thing is through making some adjustments and some changes for ourselves, what tends to happen is people will alter and change the way they behave around us as a result of that, which, by the way, creates an impression or a perception that people around us are changing. So after three months of working together, Tom turned, turned around and said, now I get it because he'd put some changes in place. He had determined what he wanted to uh, model in terms of behaviors of excellence and all of a sudden, he started to see things playing out completely differently in his team. And therefore, at least in his eyes, in his old self's eyes, he had changed his team. But what he'd really done, he's actually changed himself. And it was just a really, really big eye-opener for him. And it really rammed home the point that for him, the team is a mirror of him. And he's he's gone on to replicate that across a number of different teams in different businesses since and uh, he's he's doing a he's doing a great job and his team are highly engaged so the thing we need to be really really conscious of is what does modeling excellence actually mean to us now if we understand the concept that our team will be a reflection of us it stands to reason that we have to set some standards around what modeling of excellence actually looks like so what does that look like for you what does a model of excellence look like for you. Now, I'm not going to be prescriptive on this podcast today, but it's just something to think about and to contemplate for you in terms of what are the behaviors you want to start seeing playing out in your team? What do you stand for as a leader and what do you want your team to stand for? And what do you want your team to be demonstrating in terms of their behavior every single day? We need to be really aware of this and we need to be very, very intentional with this because uh, our behaviors will shape our team Anyway, so you might as well be really conscious of it and put the behaviors in place that you want to see play out in your team rather than just leave it to chance 
which unfortunately a lot of leaders do. Then they start wondering, what the hell is wrong with my team? Well, here's the newsflash. There's nothing wrong with your team. It's basically you. <laughs> so again, hopefully that's not too uh, too confronting for some people, but um, that's the harsh reality, whether we like it or not. Now, in order to get this, we, we've got to build a level of a high level of emotional intelligence. And thankfully, more and more businesses today are placing more and more emphasis on people's level of emotional intelligence versus just their normal uh, intelligence levels or IQ. So EQ is now becoming a huge driver in terms of leadership development, but also when it comes to selecting leadership teams and therefore teams in general, we need to be bringing in more and more people who have a level of emotional intelligence that is quite high. Now, when it comes to modeling of excellence and certainly when it comes to putting the behaviors in place that you want to see play out in your team, having a high level of emotional intelligence is a key element to being able to do this effectively. And the work that Daniel Goleman has done in terms of analyzing and researching and emotional intelligence, he's essentially come up with four, four key categories of emotional intelligence. You've got self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. And if we as leaders can really tap into these and embrace them and use them with, I guess, certainty and intentionality, then what you'll start to see play out in your team is the behaviors that you want to see play out. Why? because we are intentional in terms of our own behaviors around the modeling of excellence we want to put in place. So let's look at these in turn and talk about what are some of the key areas of each of these four elements that if we actually can grasp these and put them in place, it will actually start to have a positive impact on our behavior and certainly on our team as well. So the first one is self-awareness. So having self-confidence, being really a self-confident type of individual. But before that, being aware of your existing emotional state. So how aware are you? How can you also recognize that your behavior, how does it impact others? And this is for many people, for many leaders, and I talked about blind spots last week in terms of sales and sales leadership. Many leaders, unfortunately, have this massive blind spot where they simply do not see how their behaviors play out and impacts other people. A person who is highly emotionally intelligent and therefore modeling the excellence that we want to model is they will be very, very self-aware. They will have a high level of self-confidence, and this is by no means, and you might be sitting there thinking, well, this is this is almost arrogance. People are really super confident. No, this is not that at all. This is being really uh, sure and really certain in who you are and what you stand for, and being completely aware of your emotional state in various situations. When you can do that, you can now start to adjust your uh, emotions. You can start to adjust your behaviors as a result of those emotions. And you can start to see you having a different impact on the environment around you because it starts with self-awareness. Too many leaders are simply not self-aware. And they might be highly intelligent, but they're also blinkered in many cases where they don't see the forest for the trees and they're caught up in their own self-importance. So being aware of your emotional state and being self-aware is fundamental and it's one of the four key categories of emotional intelligence. Now, the second one is uh, once you've got a level of self-awareness, we've also got to have a level of self-management. So how can you, when you do uh, become aware of your emotional state, how well do you control those emotions? How well are you at getting on with other people? So can you adjust your style to better suit other people based on the situation you find yourself in? And based on the behaviors that they're demonstrating, can you become almost like a chameleon to adjust your style in that situation by controlling your emotions and also controlling your behaviors? Do you constantly demonstrate levels of integrity? Can you adapt and can you accomplish things? But also, this is probably a big one as well around self-management, 
is certainly from a leadership perspective, we need to sustain a higher level of optimism. So looking at the glass being half full, and this probably works into having more of a growth mindset versus the, the fixed mindset. So self-management is the second core pillar. How well do you get on with others? Can you control your emotions? And can you sustain levels of optimism? Now, when you put those two together, a level of self-awareness, but also a level of self-management, you've got a really, really strong foundation to be able to model the behaviors of excellence that you want to see playing out in your team. The third category of emotional intelligence is all about social awareness. So can you read the play? How good are you at being in those situations and looking at behaviors, not necessarily allocating meaning to it, but looking at how can you empathize with what's happening and how can you then adjust your style based on your self-management strategies to be able to uh, not so much manipulate that situation, but be able to uh, integrate into that situation so you can get a good outcome. So can you read the big picture? Can you actually see what's going on, but also hear what's really being said? Can you read between the lines? Can you read body language, for example? Can you empathize with people's positioning? Uh, Are you really socially aware? Now, I've got to say, there's a lot of people out there, and leaders in particular, that are socially inept. Now, you just have to put them into an environment where they're completely like a fish out of water, and they go to water, literally, they go to water. And it's, it's uh, it's quite embarrassing sometimes to watch because they're simply... Uh, let's just say, socially dysfunctional when it comes to being able to have conversations with people. One of the things that I've worked really, really hard on for myself is building a level of social awareness and being able to have conversations and hold conversations with people from different levels, people from different backgrounds, and certainly people from different demographics. Now, it wasn't always like that. It's something that I've had to continue to work on because in my natural state, years and years ago at least, I was I was a big introvert and didn't necessarily want to be put myself out there and certainly wouldn't be the type of person to walk into the room and say, hey, I'm here, and let's go and have conversations with every single person. More than happy to have one-on-one conversations, but uh, I needed to build that level of social awareness. Now, if we can do this really well, then all of a sudden, again, it starts to show the levels of behavior and modeling of excellence that we want to see play out in our team. So that's the third one, social awareness. And the final one, the fourth category of emotional intelligence is relationship management. So how can you facilitate the conversations? How good are you at cultivating relationships? Uh, And it's something I'll just refer to there, working on yourself so that you can get better at communication, you can get better at collaboration, and through that, you can cultivate good relationships and increase and improve your level of influence. So if you can do those four things, they're the four key categories of emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. If you can get those down pat and continue to work on those on a daily basis and then add in on top of that, okay, what are the key behaviors they want to be demonstrating on a consistent basis that will be non-negotiable every single day? Because if I can do that, if I can be the walking, talking model of excellence, what I'll start to see is these will play out within my team because we've got to remember, team, that our team is and always will be a reflection of us. So remember this, that your team is a mirror. There's nothing wrong with your team. That's not to say you won't have harsh conversations with them, but essentially it starts with, okay, what have I done? And this is where 100% responsibility that sits on the sales letter is absolutely paramount in terms of a thought process and a belief. I have to take 100% responsibility for everything that happens. So when I see a behavior playing out, in my team, the first thing I'm not going to do is go and criticize and find out why they're doing that. The first thing I'm going to do is ask myself, what have I done or not done to demonstrate a behavior that's led to them making that choice? Once I've got that really clear, then I'll go and have the conversation with a person and I'll seek to understand 
how they behaved in that way and why they chose to behave in that way. So we have a conversation that way because modeling of excellence is paramount to a successful team, but also a sustainably, more importantly, a sustainably successful team. So as a sales leader, we need to be really, really clear on what the model of excellence looks like. So as we wrap up today, I hope that message makes sense. hope that message resonates. And I hope that you're seeing some positive behaviors and some modeling of excellence playing out within your team. If you're not, perhaps have a look at this and some of these four key areas in terms of just ask yourself the question about where am I placed on self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management? And what modeling of excellence or not am I doing that I'm seeing playing out in my team? Because it does become a reflection of us as a sales leader. So with that said, if you are committed to taking your sales leadership to an exceptional level and you know there's another level to get to, but more importantly, you are committed to taking that sales leadership to the exceptional level, then I'd love to work with you one-on-one and help you do that in the next 90 days. To do that, simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com. We'll have a call and we can start working together as early as next week. So with that said, have a phenomenal weekend and look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.